Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And we are so excited to open the book of Philippians with you. We have our friend, now your friend too, John Greco, our content director with us. And we're excited to dig in. So let's go. Don't you feel like Philippians is a little bit like a greatest hits record? Oh, there's scripture. so many quotable quotes, yeah. as, as they say in Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> We're only spending two weeks on the book of Philippians. It's four chapters. So this week, you're just going to read two chapters. Next week, you're going to read two chapters. You can sit down, and I encourage you, honestly, to sit down and read the entire book in one sitting before you begin the two-week process with us. I mean, we read the whole book together before hitting record. This morning. This episode. Mm-hmm. It took it's 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah. And it's, you know, you know that we at She Reads Truth encourage you to read scripture in one sitting when you can. And so you hear things differently. You get the full context, which we know is important. So anyway, this week we're going to talk about Philippians. And then next week we're going to talk about Philippians with our good friend, Jess Connolly. Um, Mm. But this week we just want to like kind of set up the study for you guys, kind of talk about context and author and audience and all of those things. John, what can you tell us? Kind of tee us up. She reads Philippians. What do we need to know? Okay. So Philippians, I was so excited when we decided to do Philippians. We had originally, I don't know if you guys remember when we first sat down to talk about the calendar, you know, one of the plans had been to do a bunch of Paul's letters all at once, you know, spend three or four weeks doing like, you know, half of them. We wanted to do, we call it go eat popcorn. Yeah. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Yeah. And then we kind of flipped that and said, no, let's, let's spend time on each one. And I was so glad we did that because they're all different. They all have yeah. different contexts. They'll have a different you know, message. And obviously there's some connections, but it's, it's a really worthwhile exercise to read them one at a time. And Philippians is really great because if somebody asked me to, like, to give the, the character of Philippians, the, to give it like a definition, I would say it is the kingdom of God on display. And what I mean oh, by that good. is as you read the Gospels and you hear Jesus teach, he kind of turns things upside down, right? He says, the meek shall inherit the earth. And if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. And there's all these statements that seem backwards to the way things actually work in the world. But they are actually true in light of the kingdom. They actually do make a difference in how we live and how this world can become more like the kingdom of heaven. And in Philippians, this is on full display because you have, the situation is this. Paul, the apostle, is writing from prison and it is the most joyful letter of all of his letters. He is so thankful, and he is full of joy at every turn. And I read this, and I think to myself, if I were writing a letter from prison, it would start out with, hey, um, this isn't my fault. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. Sympathize with me and know that like, this is a great injustice, and, and you need to get me out of here. Help me get out of yeah. here. Also, I want to tell you about how horrible this place is so that you can just feel bad for me. But yeah. Paul doesn't do that. This is, of all Paul's letters, this is the most positive by far. Mm. He loves the Philippians, and he, there's just this, like, throughout the whole thing, it's just joy, joy, it's joy. Al- it's almost upbeat. Yeah. Which, like, when I think of Paul and his writing, I don't, upbeat is not really the word that comes to mind. <laughs> like, I mean, not that he's morose or anything. It's just, it's very having, I listened to it earlier today on an audio Bible, and then we read it right before, and it really is joyful. Yeah. And I think if he didn't repeat the word, like the word imprisonment is repeated often because he's, you know, he uses, it's the context from which he's writing. But I think if that weren't included, you would have no clue that this weren't, you know, someone writing from the comfort of home on Mm -hmm. a really good day, you know, like 
If it were a blog post, it would be like just a regularly scheduled day. The other thing that I love about Philippians is it's one of the letters where we get the background because we have the book of Acts. So we get to see, if you go to Acts 16, we get to see Paul found the church at Philippi. We get to meet some of the people that he's writing to now. So, you know, we can, we can go there real quick. This is, like I said, it's Acts chapter 16, and I'm going to read from the ESV, starting at verse 6. And it says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, which that statement right there is a whole episode. And when they had come to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so Paul changes his plans because he has a vision from the Lord to tell him to go to a specific place, to Macedonia. And he goes to Philippi in Macedonia. And then I'm going to keep reading here. And just then we get to Lydia. Yeah. You want to read Lydia? I love Lydia. Okay. Here. But I'm in the um, CSB. So verse 11. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. The next day to Neapolis... And from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of... Thyatira. Thyatira. From the city of Thyatira was listening. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So Lydia becomes the first convert to Christianity in all of Europe. It's because Paul obeyed that command from the Lord. Um, and and so, that is the start of the church yeah. at Philippi. Yeah, started. The first Christians were women, and which is you know kind of on brand for She Reads Truth. <laughs> right. Um, and then, so we have the letter to the Philippians written, we think about 10 years later. And so... Paul is writing from, we think, Roman prison. So if you get to the end of Acts, you know, when, when Acts ends, that's where Paul is. He's under house arrest in prison, and we think it's that imprisonment that is the setting for Paul's letter to the Philippians. When you hear house arrest, I don't know what images come to your mind, but... Ankle bracelets. The ankle yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of, I mean, you know, lacking... Probably not as high tech. Right, lacking that technology. Hmm. Basically, what it meant was Paul was in a house, and he was chained to a soldier at all times, but he was, you know, he's free to take guests and he had to support himself. So it wasn't like, oh, you're in jail, all your meals and everything's coming to you by uh, payment of the state. No, this hmm. was, nope, you're under house arrest, but you have to pay your own way. So Paul's really dependent on people. So that's why their support right. is why he, he brings it up more than once. Yep. Because it is difficult to have a trade when you are chained to a right. person. We, you know, he, we know he was a tent maker, but it doesn't seem like he was able to do that under house arrest. So he's really dependent on the believers in Rome and believers from other places like Philippi mm-hmm. to send him support so that he can he can survive. The other thing is prison in Bible times was not like prison today where, you know, you receive a sentence and, oh, I'm going to be here for, for 10 years. That wasn't the punishment. Prison was where you went when you were waiting either for your trial or to be executed. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't like, oh, this was your sentence and now you're going to be taken away from society for a number of years. And so the end debt. game wasn't yeah. this much imprisonment. It was just you're imprisoned until you're either released or put to death. 
pretty much. Or they come wow. to the, they come to the conclusion of like you know you're going to pay a fine or you're going to make rest. Okay. Whatever so it is. there but are a couple we're gonna settle of other the case. punishments. Yeah, we're going to settle the case or you know one way or the other. Okay. Um, but you're in prison waiting. So that's oh. what that's what's happening at the end of I, Acts. Paul is waiting for his trial. I can't help but Caesar. like think about being chained to a guard. I mean, what must that have been like for the guard? I'm sure like probably they took turns. It wasn't just like, because then that would just be prison for that guy too. Yeah, that seems unfair. Yeah. I just want to camp out on that. And I know that that's not the most important thing to camp out on, but it's just fascinating to me to think like, hey, I'm a tent maker. You want to make some tents today? Do you want some of my food? Like, did they have a relationship? Well, and it's interesting you say that because in Philippians, we kind of get the clue that that's the case, yeah. right? He says in... Um, Is it the bit about the imperial guard? Well, that's one place. Yeah. In, in chapter one, verse, let's start with 12. It says... Uh, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So Paul is, Paul started using this imprisonment to advance the gospel. Right. He's not sulking. He's not sulking and being quiet and retreating into himself. I mean, these are the things that I think I would do. And what's amazing to me is that all of that context you just gave us, John, that is the context for the writing of this greatest hits album that we just talked Mm -hmm. about and that in this place of imprisonment and um, uncertainty, like he doesn't know his future. He doesn't know he's, he may not even know where his next meal is coming from because they're providing for him. And you know, who knows the logistics of how that happens. He's just, he's at everyone else's mercy. And this is the place from which Paul pulls, like you get the sense in this letter to the Philippians that he is pulling them into the place of joy where he already is. So he's like, don't grumble and complain, like do everything with joy, even in my chains where I'm advancing the gospel, the things that you are doing for me matter. Like we are side by side in the God, like it's so encouraging. Like this letter is so encouraging. And Instead of the, you would think that it would be the other way around. Like if Rachel were in prison, I would be writing her letters saying, telling her these things. Like you can, you You know, telling her what's true, telling her that like the things that are true despite her circumstances. But this would be like Rachel writing to me and saying that to me. And Amanda, that's the thing. When we sat down this morning and read all of Philippians, in one sitting, we heard Paul say all of these greatest hit things that kind of get plucked out and put on art prints, Mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. But for him to say, you know, consider others better than yourselves, like do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, like he's talking. And even when he says, you know, I know what it's like to be brought high and brought low and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he's saying, I can even be in prison through Christ who strengthens me because my joy is not in my circumstances. My joy is in Christ. Right. And that entire paragraph that ends with 413 is... Read like, it, Amanda. Read it. Let, allow me to read it. Let me find you hear it our here. Bible pages turning. Okay. I'm still in the ESV, starting in 411. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble and he keeps going. But these all things that he's talking about, like we're, he's not um, talking about making excellent tents or being renowned among or write a beautiful letter. Cult- I mean, yeah, maybe that any of that, like he's, he's talking about 
living for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. He's like, these are the things I can do. Like this, the all things. I have a feeling if we ask Paul to list all things that he's talking about that he can do through Christ, it is to continue to advance the gospel and be a co-laborer in the gospel, mm-hmm. even where he is. The emphasis in that sentence is not the first half. It is not the I can it's do all things. It's not the I can. It's the through Christ who strengthened me. Yeah, I think the, the real tone is, is not... It's not necessarily the things. I think th- he's saying I can I can deal with whatever whatever comes my way, whether I'm in yeah. plenty or in want, right. whether I'm in prison or I'm free, whether you know I've got mm-hmm. lots of people around me or I'm all by myself because I have Christ. It doesn't matter. It's not this it. statement of assured achievement. It right. is a statement right. of faithful endurance. Right. So having been in a place in the past, you know, twelve months of my life where I have a lot of excuses at my disposal that are very valid, right? Mm -hmm. And legitimate, like to excuse, oh, anything, like a bad mood, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, being short with friends, coworkers, my husband, people would understand if I were in a bad place and, Mm -hmm. and acted out of that bad place. And so what gets me about 413 today, (laughs) this time when I read it, is that he sets like the context, I feel like the entire book of Philippians like is the context for that verse. It's like, I'm in prison, you're providing for me. He talks about, I might, even if I'm poured out as a drink offering. So like, even if this is it for me, my life ends here. And even saying, you know, I desire to be with Christ, but it is better for my flesh to be here and serving here. So just kind of going like, it's that Esther, you know, if I perish, I perish because my life goes so far beyond this flesh. But I'm here for the advance of the gospel. Like he uses that language, advance of the gospel, a couple of times in Philippians. And when we read it this morning for me, like hearing advance of the gospel is just like, man, like what am I doing in my life? Is that the my advance why? Yeah. Of the, is that my why? Yep. Yep. And that if I can do that here, like you just can picture him like, not in like a condescending way or in like a judgmental way. Like if I can do that here, then you can do that where you are. But it's like a, like I've, I have this secret. And it also gets me too that he uses the word secret because he can't contain that like, guys, like this really is the secret to being content. Like I'm content here. I'm preaching the gospel here. Please do that there. And let's not make it a secret any longer. And being where I am, I can tell you that it's worth it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It just makes me punch the air. I'm punching the air. And it, he has such credibility from where he is to talk about joy. Like you really want to listen. Even in, I think it's chapter four. Oh, see, we're just flipping around right That's now. That's exactly that. If, if a person in prison is preaching to you about joy, you listen. Yeah. So verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He's like, again and again, he's going rejoice, rejoice. And then he goes on and he says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Another greatest hit, but so important. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Hey, y'all. It's Hannah from She Reads Truth. Have you heard about our current partnership with The Seed Company? If you aren't familiar with The Seed Company, they are on a mission to translate scripture in every unreached language by 2025. This Lenten season, we are so proud to partner with them by donating a portion of each purchase. 
If you haven't already, it's not too late to pick up a copy of our Lent 2020 study book and join us in the mission to end Bible poverty now. As always, we love to give our podcast listeners a little something extra. So use the code LENT15 to save 15%. So I want to go back to something that you kind of said in, in the last segment, Rachel, that kind of struck me. You, you mentioned Esther, you know, and she says, if I perish, I perish. Yeah. Right. And it's this beautiful scene. I love that book and can't wait till we do it as a community. But there's a, sort of this tone about death there, right? Like it's still a it's still a horrible thing, right? If I perish, I perish. Like I'm willing to give up my life. I acknowledge this is not ideal. Right. The perish. I know, like I don't want to, but if I have to, if it comes to that, I will. And now like compare that to how yeah. Paul talks about death. I'm going to start. This is chapter one, starting at verse 21. And this is again, the ESV. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you, continue with y'all, for your <laughs> progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. He talks about death like, no big deal. And in fact, it's like a benefit, right? If I, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's like the veil is very thin for him. Yeah. And just think of, this is the kingdom at work. This is like, so if you, like, we've been talking about this a lot at the office, but, you know, death is sort of this, the great enemy in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. From the moment Adam and Eve sin, it stalks us. It's after us. Everybody, you know, with a couple of exceptions, I'm looking at you, Enoch and Elijah. Mm-hmm. Everybody loses. Everybody dies. Every, mm-hmm. Death wins every 100% time. 100% mm-hmm. of the time. Right. Until Christ is raised from the dead. And suddenly, death is not the final word. Because, John, even Lazarus died again. Right. Even Lazarus died right. again. Even, even Jairus' daughter, even Tabitha. Yep. Tabitha? The, yeah, that's one of them. Yep. Yeah. Everybody in the Bible, there's a, you know, we did a, I think it was for, uh, what book was it for? Was it for the Easter book last year? We did, a, we did an extra on yes. the other resurrections in the Bible. Uh-huh. It was really fun. Yeah. You kind of just put them all in one place and go like, wow. So, yeah, Some Je- of those Jesus are real is, weird. Right. Jesus' resurrection is totally unique. He was raised to, to in glory. He's never going to die again. That is our future. Ascended into heaven. Right. Ascended into heaven. Yeah. His body is, is different. Oh, we did another extra called Resurrection Bodies that, was, that explained all that too. That was super fun. But all the other people who died and were raised again, they died. They died again, mm-hmm. right? That was a temporary resurrection. And Paul... A forte. Right, a foretaste. It was a, a picture pointing to what the future is. A foretaste versus a first fruit. Right. And Ooh. That's a... That's good. Mm-hmm. And here, though, Paul, you know, Paul's talking about death, and he has the same hope we have. He'll be resurrected one day. But now death doesn't have the sting because he knows he will go into the presence of Christ. And he wants to, right? He wants to be with Christ. Yeah, and that line, yet which I shall choose, I cannot yeah. tell. It's like... You know, it's just that he's just talking about like it really is. I don't think that I can understand this, that Paul understands. I don't understand this yet because I like it here Mm. (laughs) as broken and difficult as it is. And yet like to really understand the Lord and, and have such a relationship with Christ that he aches to be with him the same way I ache when I'm away from my family too long mm-hmm. or something, you know, but to have that personal relationship. He has this, I mean, there's just no fear. And he has this intimacy with the father that would only become more intimate after death. 
Yep. And so for him, it's just, you know, here or there, I'm, all I care about is not just, you know, being with the Lord, but also that you would one day be with the Lord. And let's advance. Yeah. If I'm, while I'm here, I'm going to do the work of advancing the gospel. Right. But to die is gain. And the, the thing, too, is like, you know, we be really careful here, right? Because you don't want to make it sound like death is no big deal, that death is no longer our enemy, that, mm-hmm. you know, like, that it makes no difference. It does make a difference, right? We are, oh, we are, yeah. we are for life in all its forms. Yeah. And we, you know, death is not something to be taken lightly, and it is, it is sad. It is mournful when someone passes away, right? Death is not supposed to be in this world. We were not made to die. Right. It is a broken is, part right. of the world, a yeah. big broken part, the last enemy to be defeated. Right. It is trespassing in this world that God created. Mm-hmm. God created a world where, like where death was not yeah. part of it. But here we are, and this is our reality. And But Paul knows in light of the gospel that death is no longer the final word. And so he can talk about, I think I, you know, I wrote the devotional for He Reads Truth for this day. I think it's day three of this week. And I kind of, you know, I said, as I read this, it sort of sounds like Paul is, you know, almost looking at like a menu at a restaurant, right? And he's what shall like, I choose? what shall I choose? Because he uses that language. And right. It's, it's this odd, you know, like, but, so on the one sense, like, no, death really is a serious thing. But in Christ, this thing is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love too, like, it's not just that like, Oh, here, here I'm on my own. No, 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 no. To live is Christ, right? He, Christ is here too, right? We have mm-hmm. Christ's presence with us now. So yeah. that's why like the veil between life and death is much thinner because yeah. I have Christ now. Mm-hmm. I will have Christ if I die. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about this too is Paul's saying all this and it's not like he's going to be, you know, have a painless lethal injection mm-hmm. or be right. given, Dying you know, asleep. yeah, like, it's no. not going to be, you know, medically induced coma. No, no he will suffer tremendously. Mm-hmm. And he knows it. He talks about his suffering. and he, He's already suffering. Yeah. And he holds it up and he mm-hmm. says, like, I want to I be like Christ. Christ was raised from the dead. I want that. But Christ also suffered and died. And I'm willing to go there too. Yeah. So this is what I want to talk about for a minute is that it kind of goes back to the upside down kingdom concept of where in God's kingdom, you know, to die is gain in yeah. the sense that we get to be, we get to live forever after our earthly bodies die. And so what I was struck by in chapter three, and the first time I read through, I was reading the CSB and the CSB in chapter three, this is like in the first, oh, 11 verses, 14 verses, uses the word goal three different times Mm. and in kind of in succession. And so, and I was, um, I was just really struck by what Paul identified as his goals, because here we are, we're in February, you know, it was just a month ago that we were talking about, you know, new year, new, new rhythms, the things that we want to say of our lives this year, right? Like we talked about wanting to walk with God and, um, but we also talked about things like sleep yeah, <laughs> and reading scripture and things like that. And so uh, listen to this, I'm going to start it. Um, I'm reading in from the CSB. This is chapter three, starting in verse 10 and listen to what his goal is. My goal is to know him, Jesus, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. So stopping right there, his goal is to know the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. Wow. Like that's not, that was not on my list in January, right? Your 2020 goals. It, it, and it, frankly, it wasn't on my list in 2019, although that's kind of where 2019 went. Like that was not my goal. Yeah. So what does that mean? Let's talk about, like, it makes us uncomfortable. It makes yeah, us I uncomfortable. Just it then, it like made you want to stop chair. talking about this. Uh-huh. So let's lean in. 
Like, what does that mean? If Paul's goal is to share in the suffering of Christ, and if we believe the Bible is true, and we believe that it is, exists to, like, teach us and instruct us and correct us and train us, like, is there something there that we need to actually lean into instead of look away from? Here's what I would say, and I want John to throw the heresy card <laughs> if this is off base. But I think in this particular verse— it's not that the goal is to suffer. The Mm-mm. goal is the fellowship of his sufferings. The goal is the knowing Jesus that is somehow mysteriously only attained through suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. And, and I think it's totally fair. And I think what's happening here is, you know, we've talking about the upside down kingdom, right? And how it sort of turns the, the, the way we would expect life to go on its head or the way life should go according to what we've all experienced and what people say in common wisdom this is part of that. The ways of the kingdom run counter to the ways of this world. So mm-hmm. when we start living out those ethics, when we start following Jesus in every avenue of life, it gets some folks upset. And I don't just mean people. I mean our enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. powers of darkness. I mm-hmm. mean um, the spiritual realm gets up, gets our hackles up, right? Mm-hmm. This is not something they want. They do not want the world to be more like heaven. They want yeah. the world to be chaotic and horrible and, you know, as close to hell as possible. Bloody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we start living out the kingdom, when we start telling others about Christ, when we start doing all the things that are required for a follower of Jesus, it means that we will suffer. People who live in, in places where persecution is not a part of daily life for being mm-hmm. a Christian. We have the freedom to worship. We have the freedom to tell others this is an odd concept or can seem, you know, like, what does that mean? Following Christ means suffering, but it's coming. Jesus was very clear in this world, you will have trouble. Um, that's one of the, one of the promises that we don't like to put on a pillow, but it's true. And, uh, so, so Paul recognizes that he's not saying, Oh, I want the suffering. He's saying, no, no, I want to follow Christ. And where yes. Christ went was into suffering. That's yeah. right. I want to follow him into the resurrection too, mm-hmm. but in order to get there, I'm willing to follow him into suffering. And it's like what he's already said earlier in this letter is that this you know, it's okay, guys, this has, this has actually advanced the gospel. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, there are so many reasons, like it's our personal relationship with our Savior, but it's also the advance of the gospel. And I think that the answer to that question can also be found really in the verses that come before it. Mm -hmm. So still in chapter three, starting in verse seven, he says, so I think maybe this is our answer. Verse seven, he says, but whatever gain I had, indeed, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Um, The CSB says dung. Does it really? Mm -hmm. And consider them as dung. Wow. So that I may gain Christ. So what we, the answer is not, hey, our goal is suffering, but our goal goal is the worth of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's right. And in one of the ways to know Christ Jesus is to share in his suffering. That's one of the vehicles. And then if you keep going in chapter three, verse 12, we're just going to read the entire book of Philippians. (laughs) I mean, you can, it doesn't take that long. In verse 12, he's still talking about, and now, and speaking of those kind of greatest hits, this like pressing on toward the goal. So this tie in the CSB, this is entitled Reaching Forward to God's Goal. 
Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Do you believe this is true? I do. It's also hard. Yeah. Like it's really, I'm, I'm a bit of a follower in that I'm easily swayed. <laughs> and so if it's really easy for me to get like hyped up with Paul right here and to just be like, yeah, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this. But if you look at, you know, in the same way that it's easy to, to take 413 and put it on my jersey, not that that's bad, but just like that's not all, you know, and to know that he's fired up in the context that he is and talking about the fullness of like knowing Christ and his suffering, it takes it down a notch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a gravity to what he's saying that I miss out on when I just start like Arsenio hauling my arm. That just showed my age. But <laughs> I like it. It's good. But Amanda, you said you're reading from CSB right now. I am. I have my ESV in front of me and the language is different, but similar in a way that sort of emphasizes for me what we need to see there. Paul's not talking from prison. He's not talking about, you know, the the work that it is to be in prison. He uses, so the subject heading or the section heading for that part, yours said what? Reaching toward the goal? It said reaching forward to God's goal. And mine says straining toward the goal. And then later on um, in verse 12, it says, but I press on. And I think yours said in verse 12. I make every effort. Yeah. But like the words press, effort, reach, strain, like this, this language is not passive. Right. It is an effort and in fact, a hard effort. Oh, I think you're talking about 14. I pursue. No, I'm not. I'm talking about 12, but it's in 14 too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I press on toward the goal and yours says I make every effort. Yeah. And then in 14, it says I pursue. Yeah. But it's all of that. It's that January 1st language. It is. That we aren't too far removed from. It's the effort. It's the, but it's in with an upside down kingdom perspective. But when you talk about January 1st, so much of what we list on January 1st, Paul counts as rubbish. Right. As, <laughs> as dung. Dung. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. That's a, I mean, you just kind of, you hit on it. Like the, 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 the stuff that he calls dung. Can we read the list? Yeah, please do. Okay. So, and by the way, that's like, the, you know, when you're a student and you're taking Greek and you come to this passage and you get to that word that's translated, you know, rubbish in, in some and dung in another, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's that word. It's the word you're not supposed to say. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's, interesting. It's, yeah. It's, it's like dirty language. It's yeah. Paul, Paul using, this is the equivalent of Paul swearing. Um, Paul. Yeah. So he's, get, he's getting a so point across. Just, just to get a point across, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, he's not fooling around. But this is what he says. First, he introduces this section by talking about false teachers, those who would advocate for the Philippians who are Gentiles to be circumcised. And if you want to know more about that, we did a great study of Galatians. We talked a lot about that last year. But I'm in chapter 3, verse 3. It says, For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. And here we get into, this is like Paul's autobiographical statement. If he were to give like a quick summation, his elevator speech of who he is and where he's come from, this is it. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, 
a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I just think that's so powerful because if you put this in, in like our terms today, what essentially he's saying was, I was in the right lane to be popular and successful mm-hmm. and comfortable. He would have been, you know, the first century equivalent of, a, of an influencer, right? He was, he was somebody who, I mean, we read in Acts that he studied under Gamaliel, who yeah. was like the person to study under, right? If you're going to be a rabbi, if you're going to be a Pharisee, that's who you go to, right? Paul looked really good on paper. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we talked a lot many years ago, there was a lot of talk about being purpose-driven, right? And I can't think of anybody being more purpose-driven than Paul. Yeah. And yet he got it wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. He was he was driven. He had this goals. He was and he knew and it wasn't well, it weren't bad things. Right. He was studying scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. He was he was trying to serve God. Mm-hmm. But what it turns out was when when confronted with the truth of Christ, oh, he was serving himself and he had it wrong. It's interesting. I didn't know where you were headed when you were like, well, let's read what he counts as rubbish. And I didn't know what you were going to read. I expected it to be something a little less worth celebrating in the world's eyes. And so for Paul to say, as to righteousness under the law, I am blameless. I count that as dung. It's like that place in Isaiah, I think 64, where he says, all my righteous acts are like filthy rags or like a polluted garment. When I read that, I always want it to say, my unrighteous acts. So essentially, as good as we can get or as low as we can get, Mm -hmm. our only hope is the same hope. (laughs) Whether we're high, whether we're low, mm -hmm. whether we're in prison... It's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here we go. Any book of the Bible, we land on Jesus. We can't help it. It's what, it, and it should, it should point right. us to Jesus, but it is, and it is not a reach to look for Jesus in mm-hmm. Philippians, but that's where we land. We land on that our righteousness is as filthy rags, but his righteousness washes us clean. And that's why it is the only thing we press forward. That's what we strive to. That's our press to forward. And that's through, our reach. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of, looking for Jesus. Yeah. Every episode. Yeah. We like to call out beauty, goodness, and truth that we see around us. We for sure see it in scripture, but where else in life are we seeing things that are beautiful, good, and true? Rachel, I see a glint in your eye. Like I I think you have a thing. To share. I do. I do. I can tell. You know, usually my things are food related, so I really try today. I, really, I count on you to make me hungry. Yeah. Well, so that you know what? Roll There's, right into lunch. I'm sure I could come up with something. Here's the thing, John. Help me. This is a good thing, which I think makes it beautiful. I don't know how true it is, <laughs> but you know, let's see. So no, the, I'm thing, the thing that I'm loving right now. It's the game Remicub or Remicube. I don't know how to pronounce it. And it's just either. like these little tiles with numbers and colors. And it's something that I played with my great grandma Theola at her table when I was a little girl. Theola. Theola. Um, Your grandparents what? have the best they names. They have yeah. the most surprising names. Why did that name go away? I Let's know. Bring that one back. I love that. Theola and Marveline and Avada. Someone listening needs to write that down in their list of baby names. I mean, that's beautiful. Yes. Free She Reads Truth book if you name your baby Theola. There you go. Yeah. So I played this with Grandma Theola, but I have recently been playing this a ton with Ryan, with my kids, and with my sister. And what I have found is that it's such a... it's. Yeah, it can be challenging. It can be a fun, like you can be good at it, but I don't think that's the point. I love that it's something that we can do that is just a vehicle for conversation. We sit around, we face each other and we laugh. And I love finding just something that comes easily to us 
and like a game of Rum-A-Cub. And then we just spend time together and laugh. So that's, okay. my, that's my beauty. It's going that's on my, my Amazon cart later. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I have, well, I have two. I mean, one is, you know, it's kind of the one that should be, should be there every week. Um, but, you know, this Friday is Valentine's Day. So, like, I was thinking about, like, because right now, I mean, you guys know this, we are in sort of a, I don't want to say it's a tough season because I mean, people have a lot tougher seasons than we have, but we have three small children at home. So That's a tough season. Yeah. So we don't really get out much. We're kind of, you know, we're a little bit um, starved for community a little bit. And we're, it's just, it's a lot of all hands on deck. You know, like I, I always tell the folks at the office, they say like, you know, have a good night. You know, it was a good day at work. And I'm like, oh no, no work's not over. I'm going home to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's, it's my second shift. Um, but in all of that, you know, it's like, I just think about like how, how much God has like perfectly suited my wife, Lauren, for me. She is, you know, just this beautiful, good and true reminder of the grace of God every day. And so, you know, it's, it's Valentine's day this week and, and like we get to celebrate that, but also like not just on Valentine's day. In fact, that's my, like, you know, whenever we talk about it, I always say Valentine's day is the least special day in the world. What's so special about celebrating your love with everybody else on the planet. Right. So like, <laughs> you know, let's do it on a, let's do it on a random day when it's not. But anyway, so that's, that's my big one. I have, I have a second one that's, that is food related if it's okay. Always um, okay. I've made room for that. So last Christmas, the publisher of one of my books sends every year, it's super fun, they send me this little like care package to say thank you for the year. And every year it's something different. Like one year it was fruit, another year it was jams, and this year it was candy. Yeah. And they sent us this toffee from, it's like small batch toffee from this place in Memphis. And it was really, really good. And it was so good that upon eating some, Lauren turned to me and said, okay, for Valentine's Day? I just want this. Just, just, want this. just order me this. And so, <laughs> you know, and so, and so I said to her and she said, what do you want? And I said, the same thing. <laughs> so, you know, so we have, it's not a surprise anymore. We just, we have two toffee. boxes of okay. this toffee. amazing toffee from, from Memphis. I'm for sure going to need to know yeah. about that. Okay. So now I have to, you guys have just spent how many of my dollars in the last five minutes? Yeah. We're here for you. Thank you. Mine's quick. Sunshine. Yeah. When we sat down to record this morning, Jeremy, who's to my left, said the sun's out (laughs) and here's the thing that you may not know about nashville it's a lovely city it's very rainy Mm -hmm. it's rainier than you think Mm -hmm. and so when there's a rainy season and there's sunshine it's an instant instant mood lift Mm -hmm. um so yeah it feels right it feels right we're talking about philippians it's this book of joy and jeremy said the sun came out this is perfect let's start recording (laughs) well and it reminds me of our friend ellie's song as sure as the sun Mm -hmm. and when she intros that song she always puts it like i don't have to wonder uh, that sun's gonna come up you know it always does and it just i love her and i love that image of even when it's cloudy it's there yeah but when it breaks through it's really something so all right that's it all right gang this is the end, but oh my goodness, next week is going to be so good. We're going to have Jess Connolly on. We're going to talk one more week of Philippians with you and the community as we read this awesome book. Hey, don't forget to subscribe. I bet you're already subscribed. Don't forget to give us a good rating if you haven't yet. That means so much to us and it helps other people find us. And everything we talk about, we have our, speaking of people in the room, we have Catherine to my right, and she has been taking notes and the show notes are always so fun and rich and full of all the links, all the things, all the references, all the all the scripture that we talked about. All the about, food. All the food. There's <laughs> going to be a link to Roma Cub, so don't worry. And maybe even that toffee. Yep. All right. Oh, I hope so. I'm counting on it, John. Hey, guys. We will see you next week. And until then, Amanda. Keep opening your Bibles. 